Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks to the musicians, as always, <coughs> for leading us uh, as we praise God together. Now we're going to turn to his word to continue our, 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 our thinking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been looking at this for a number of weeks now. We, we've uh, a couple more today and one more uh, on this, this series uh, about the Holy Spirit. So let's, uh, let, let's pray and ask God by that Holy Spirit to speak to us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that he inspired the words which we can read uh, and that he encourages us and strengthens us in our faith. And so we pray that he will speak to us this morning. You'll give us ears to hear and wills to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we, we do live in a world where there's a lot of uncertainty. We've just been singing about my, my living hope there. Uh, and very evident recently, some of that uncertainty. Um, will this coronavirus turn into a global pandemic? Um, it was all sort of effects. I was hearing the other day that um, there were, I don't know, I can't remember, a squillion pounds knocked off the, the Footsie or the Tootsie or whatever it is. Uh, 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 I don't know what that means, but what it might mean is that somebody who didn't wash their hands properly after doing something with a, you know, cutting up a chicken or something in China might affect your pension in Hollywood, uh, your, your pension pot. All these things that have effects, and there's uncertainty, uh, and people uh, worry about these things. Um, can we reverse the effects of climate change? might not seem like a big deal, but if you're living somewhere in England that's been flooded again and again, maybe you think, our house, am I very echoey here? We don't want to keep people awake. So, maybe, maybe not, just I imagine I am. Maybe, maybe that's okay. Um, and we know there's uncertainty. So if you invest, even have a savings account or something, you'll always read the wee small print. Interest rates can increase or decrease. You may not get back all that you've invested and so on. And people in, in apparently secure jobs can, can lose them. Maybe worked in the bank for years and years and there's restructuring and, 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 and the job goes. So there's many areas of life and where there's uncertainty. And we ask a question, well, what if? What if this were to happen? What if something were to happen? That can influence us as Christians as well. Uh, we can be very aware of our, our feelings. We can be very aware of, of our sins. And sometimes we may be caused to say, well, am I really a Christian? Can I, can I be sure of my salvation? Am I really uh, forgiven? Will, will God accept me? Uh, have, have, I, have I got this right? And one very important task of the Holy Spirit is to give us uh, assurance and hope. That word, that hope is, the word hope has appeared a lot of times in our service this morning. And really, the New Testament gives us three simple images to illustrate the work of the Holy Spirit in, in regards to giving us hope. And this is a very simple message this morning, nothing particularly new, and we just want to remind ourselves. Because we, we need to remind ourselves in a world of uncertainty, we need to remind ourselves of the certain hope that there is in the gospel. And so here are just three simple uh, pictures of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, and here is the first. The Holy Spirit is God's stamp of ownership on us. God's stamp of ownership on us. Uh, we're going to be in and around mostly in Ephesians today. If you have your Bible there, you might want to look at Ephesians chapter 1. And here are uh, words of Paul. And he says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And that idea of being sealed with the Holy Spirit comes three times in Paul's letters uh, to the early Christians. And notice what he says here. He says, you are marked with a seal when you believed. When you believed uh, the message of the gospel, when you believed the scripture, you were marked uh, with, with a seal. 
Uh, in Paul's day, if you sent a letter to someone, you would melt some wax over the, the joint of the paper and put your seal on it with, with a signet ring or, or some sort of stamp so that people knew it was definitely from you and, and would know it hadn't been interfered with. So there was that sign of a seal. It confirmed that it was definitely from you. And uh, people would, would uh, mark their, their animals, a cow or a horse or whatever, with that. They would brand it uh, to show who owned it. And farmers still do that. You see cows out in the fields with a mark showing which particular farmer they belong to. And although it's, it's not a pleasant thought to us, slaves would also be branded, uh, put a mark on them to show who, who, they were, uh, who owned them, to show that they, they belonged to a particular person. And actually Paul, writing to the Romans, describes us as slaves to God. If you're a believer, you're a slave to God. You've been bought from, uh, set free from sin. Uh, you were uh, set free from uh, Satan's grasp, and you are under new ownership. And God has put his seal, his mark of ownership. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to say, this person is mine. This person is mine. It's God's seal of ownership on us. It's an indelible proof that we belong to God. And that Holy Spirit who indwells us and who speaks to us and encourages us tells us that we are his. At moments when we might doubt or we might worry or might be concerned, the Holy Spirit tells us that we are absolutely, certainly God's children. And Paul wants to to reassure the Ephesian believers uh, that they really belong to God. Some of them had come from uh, a Jewish background, some from a Gentile background. Some of us from a Gentile background may be worrying, are we we really acceptable? Are we really accepted by God? And just a a little bit further on, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says, speaking to the Gentiles, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Uh, He wanted to reassure them that whatever their background, if they had believed, then they were secure in their faith. And we may not doubt uh, for that particular reason, none of us have come from uh, anything other than a Gentile background, but we might not have had the experience that another Christian has had. We, We might be aware of how we struggle in our lives our faith might just not seem as real as someone else's, and we can doubt, and we can say, am, am, I, am I really a Christian? Has God really set me free? And Paul wants us to be absolutely sure, uh, God wants us to be absolutely sure, writing uh, through Paul's letters to us, that we were sealed and, and believed. And when we believed, again, over in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You were sealed for the day of redemption. The day of redemption. Redemption. What a hard word. Redemption. Sealed for the day of redemption. Uh, This seal was given to us. A mark was put in us that shows that we are secure. The Holy Spirit uh, gives us that reassurance. If you have believed in God and have trusted in him, then you can be sure that you're God's son or daughter. There are no second class Christians. Uh, just because you don't have the same gifts as someone else. We talked about gifts a few a few weeks ago. Just because you go through different situations to someone else doesn't make any difference to your faith. And we have different personalities. Some people are confident about everything. Some people never doubt anything, never doubt their, their ability, never doubt their faith. And others are less sure themselves and tend to wonder, well, I wonder, has, has God really forgiven me? Is God still weighing up my commitment to make sure it's genuine? And the Holy Spirit assures us that that's not the case. If you have trusted in God, then he has put his seal of ownership on you and he wants you to enjoy that security uh, which is yours. I don't know if you remember, I can remember growing up, we we used to sing a wee children's chorus, I am my beloved's and he is mine. 
and his, ban- his banner over me is love. Remember that one? No, maybe not. Uh, we, we used to sing the words from Song of Songs. Uh, I'm my beloved's and he is mine. The Holy Spirit confirms that to us. Uh, don't, don't let Satan tell you uh, or, or, or whisper in your ear to make you doubt. To think, you know, am, I, am I really a believer? The Holy Spirit is God's seal of ownership on us. And not only does that seal speak of ownership but of protection. It speaks of how we are, we are protected from God's judgment. That, that comes right back from, from the Old Testament. Ezekiel, uh, God said, Go throughout the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. People were to be marked with a seal, if you like, so, so they, wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't have to undergo God's judgment. When God came to judge his people, those who really were sincerely following him uh, were free from worry about that. And in Revelation, we were looking at Revelation last Sunday evening, uh, God said to the angel, going to bring judgment on the earth, he said, do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal of the for- on the foreheads of the servants of God. That seal of, of the Holy Spirit assures us that although we deserve God's judgment, we've been set free from it. And another picture which the Bible gives us is that the Holy Spirit is God's down payment on us. Uh, and there are two passages which link that, that idea with the idea of God's seal. There's the one we've just read there from uh, Ephesians. And then in Second Corinthians, you don't need to look all, up all of these, I, I put them up. Uh, Paul writes, God set the seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Guaranteeing what, what is to come. We're all uh, familiar with, with uh, deposits. If you want to buy a house, uh, uh, and most of us have been through this, you want to buy a house, you can't afford it, of course, so you put down a deposit uh, as a guarantee uh, to the owner or to the bank that you're going to pay the rest because you put down a lot of money as a deposit. That, that says to the, the person selling the house that you're serious. You're going to come uh, back and, and pay the rest. That's exactly the meaning of what Paul is speaking about here. He says God gives us the Holy Spirit as a deposit. And it guarantees what is still to come, guarantees that there's more to come. And that's why what we read there from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, uh, where the Holy Spirit is a seal, is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Guaranteeing our inheritance, our spiritual inheritance, guaranteeing that God has something in store uh, for us. And we need to be aware of that, that as Christians, God isn't finished with us. That's why when we sometimes doubt or look at ourselves or look at our sin or or look at all that's going on in our lives, we can be a a bit hesitant, a bit doubtful. But it's because God is still at at work in our lives. He sealed us for the day of redemption. Now, that's a strange thing to write, isn't it? Because Paul has already said, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So if we've been redeemed, why why is he saying that we're going to be redeemed? That's one of those so many uh, already and not yet situations in the Bible. That we have been redeemed, set free from the penalty of our sin, the the judgment which we deserve. Uh, The price has been paid. When when someone is redeemed, there's usually a price paid to set free a slave or to redeem uh, uh, a captive, for example, who's been kidnapped. The price has been paid to set us free from the guilt of our sin. But we're still very aware of Satan's influence. We're still very aware of sin sin in our lives. So that process of redemption has has happened, but is also yet to come when we will finally be set free and heaven will be finally set free from sin. Chris was mentioning earlier, from sin and tears and uh, and sadness and our own doubts. You see, the Holy Spirit reminds us that we're a work in progress, that God hasn't finished with us yet. We sing that that hymn sometimes or so, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who put an end 
to all my sins. The Holy Spirit reminds us that our sin has been dealt with. We, we still struggle with sin. We still live in a world which is dominated by sin and affected by sin. In our lives, we know they shouldn't be, but they're affected by sin. But one day, that will be put right. Because the Holy Spirit is, is a down payment. And similarly, the, the idea of new life, uh, Paul says very well-known words in, in 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. We are already new creations. If you're a Christian, then you've been born again, you've started again, you're a new creation. But yet we have to wait for God to transform us completely. We know that that new life has begun, but it's not completely uh, uh, finished yet. And here's what uh, Paul says right into the Philippians. And we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has already come, okay, but will come again who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. God has set us free from sin. We have new life, but the Holy Spirit reminds us that there is more uh, to come. Here's what Paul said again, right into the Corinthians, where while we are in this tent, Paul often spoke about our bodies as tents. Paul was a tent maker. He often used that wee illustration, that picture. While we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now, it is God who made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Uh, Paul uh, speaks about this, this deposit. Our, our bodies now uh, are given, we, we're given the Holy Spirit, although we live in a very temporary body. That's the down payment, the guarantee that one day we will go to live eternally with God. Uh, in heaven. God's work is not complete. And yet there's nothing we can do to, to complete that process. Nothing we need to do. God has done all that was required when Jesus came. We simply have to continue to live that life of faith uh, and trust in what God uh, will do. The Bible often speaks of our inheritance. Something that, that is yet to come. If you're waiting for an inheritance uh, you're waiting for some someday when uh, the solicitor will get in touch with you to say you've inherited money or property or whatever. It's something in the future. But the Holy Spirit is there as a guarantee, a down payment on what will come. Thirdly, Paul says, the Holy Spirit is the first fruits of God's harvest in us. Here's what he says right into the Romans. This is Romans uh, chapter 8. This is the verse that uh, Chris was trying to remember earlier. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly. As we eagerly wait for our adoption, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And again, the Holy Spirit in our lives is the first fruits of what is to come. It's just a, a, a glimmer, gives us a glimmer. He gives us a glimmer of, of what is to come, of what God, God has ahead for us. Uh, when the farmer in the spring cuts the first cut of silage, you see the, the, the tractors out coming up quite soon now in the fields. They know that there's more to come. They know that the, the seeds have, have sprouted, the grass has grown, and that there'll be more to come. Or if you plant a few tomatoes in your greenhouse or in your windowsill or whatever, you get those first couple of, of tomatoes and there's lots of wee flowers on the plants. You know that there's more to come. God's Holy Spirit shows us that, that there's a, a bigger harvest to come. There is more fruit to come in our, in our lives. What we experience now is only a foretaste of what is going to be, what, what we'll be like in heaven. It's only a foretaste of what we'll experience. Our lives, transformed in part now by the Holy Spirit, uh, show us what our life will be like 
when we go uh, to be with God. And we know so much of a blessing. Paul starts this um, letter to Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And yet we're not fully aware of what, what is in store for us. And here's what Paul writes to the Corinthians. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't really begin to see what God has prepared. What will heaven be like? We can't know that because everything, everything that we know is bound by sin. Everything we know is limited by time. But God has prepared something for us greater than anything we can imagine. And the Holy Spirit in us shows us that what we experience now, the blessing that we experience from God, is only the first fruits. There, there is more to come. Uh, he has a guarantee. He has God's seal on us that what he has promised will come to pass. So God gives us his Holy Spirit as a stamp of ownership on us, a guarantee that he will complete his work in his time. And he just gives us now the first fruits. He shows us those blessings which show us that in time we will receive all the abundance that God has promised for us. See, if you're a Christian this morning here, it's important to realize when, in those times when we might feel doubt, we might feel uncertainty, to remember that God is not finished with us yet. And the Holy Spirit prompts us and shows us and reminds us that there is more to come. That we've been set free from sin, we've been born again, we're new creations. But the final consummation of God's work in us won't happen until we go to be with him. And the Spirit reminds us that when Satan says to us, are you really a Christian? If you were really a Christian, you wouldn't have thought that. You wouldn't have said that. You'd, you'd be behaving differently. You'd be like, so-and-so, they're, they're a Christian. We can say, no, God's Holy Spirit in me reminds me that I am a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm not perfect. I'm not complete. The work is not yet done fully. But I know that there's more to come. And one day God will put right what is still lacking in my life. And if you're not a, a Christian today, those promises are for you. All God's uh, fullness is available to you. All God's blessing, all that God has for, for people in this world who will turn to him in faith is yours if you, if you will turn to him. Uh, you can live with that uncertainty in life. There is no one can give you certainty in life, not, not the best investment, not the biggest house, not the, the best career. And uh, None of us knows what tomorrow, next week, next month brings. But in Christ there is that certainty. God has forgiven our sins. And while we will have to live through all sorts of things in this life, as Aaron reminded us from Psalm 46 right at the start, all sorts of things may happen to us, but we know that God is on the throne and that one day we will go to be with him. And our lives will be changed and our lives will be the way that God intended when he first created us before we sinned and spoiled that. Don't think that you can create uh, your life into some sort of perfect life without God. You can't do that. If you've never trusted in him, why not trust in him as he speaks to you? One of the things that God's Holy Spirit does is he, he convicts us of our sin. He speaks to us even before we're believers. Uh, God speaks to us and says, you need that salvation. You need me to forgive your sin. If God's speaking to you, why, why not uh, come to him and acknowledge your need of him and acknowledge the one who came to give you eternal life? Forgiveness now, freedom now, uh, and eternal life in the future. You see, we, we rejoice now that we, we live to please God, but we long for the battle with sin to be over. We rejoice knowing that uh, we do know God by his Holy Spirit, but we long for the day when we will see him face to face. We rejoice in our church, but we know that it's not perfect, it's far from perfect. 
And we long for that perfect fellowship in the future, which is described in Revelation, when we, we meet with people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, uh, and worship the Lamb. If you're a Christian today, that, that, that is what's promised to you. If you're not, that's what is promised to you if you will turn to God and repent. And that's what the message we bring to our world, our world which places its hope on so many things. We want to share the the message that there is a God who has dealt with sin, who can deal with sin in our own lives, uh, and who can bring us to salvation and that guarantee that one day we will go to be with him in that perfect new world created uh, in, in the way that recreated, in the way God created originally. Uh, which our sin has spoiled. So God gives us the Holy Spirit as the first fruits, guaranteeing that we are his children and that one day we will receive that full inheritance which he has set aside for us in heaven. So let's pray together uh, before we sing our final hymn. Heavenly Father, we we do thank you for your Holy Spirit and thank you that when we are tempted to uh, doubt our salvation, when when Satan uh, points out all the things that are wrong in our lives that, that would make us Uh, lose hope. Father, thank you that your Holy Spirit tells us, no, you are a child of God. Uh, Thank you that you've sealed us. Thank you for the guarantee that there is more to come. That what we experience now is only the first fruits, only the beginning of what you have in store for us. And we pray, Father, that you'll help us uh, to to know that assurance in our hearts. uh, That you'll dispel any doubts. That your Spirit will minister to us. And Father, we pray that you'll help us to take that message out to others who need to hear. uh, That there is freedom and forgiveness and new life in our Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.